Hey everybody, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is Coast to Coast to Coast, part two of our discussion about Star Trek with our guest, Charisse Antoinette. Enjoy! Roddenberry was a visionary and that show is I I still one of my favorite shows of all time the original series so I'm not saying I don't like it and the the triple uh you got the triple threat of Kirk McCoy and Spock uh I love Spock but you have the way those three actors interact with each other I think is is my personal favorite part of the show and I I I think that even though um, I'm kind of iffy with the Abrams version of it, um, the 2009, I think that the people that were cast for that had a similar chemistry. I, yeah. I, I did like those actors. And by the way, I was an extra on the 2009 movie. I ran yeah. around as a Starfleet cadet. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> awesome. As a, Star Trek, as a Star Trek fan, I was freaking out almost every day on set going, ah! Um, but <laughs> it's like, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I do agree that those three are great. And, um, I also love the fact that, uh, when, um, when they are together, I feel like they could have their own show outside of Star Trek almost, you know, <laughs> I feel like I just want to ha- see them right, on a yeah. show. Are there any I- Star Trek spinoffs? Like living oh, yeah. with Spock or something. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Like I'd see those three. I'm like, I just want to see them on Cheers or something. Or- <laughs> <laughs> having a beer because i feel like they really hung out but which- well as far as spin-offs go um i think so you have some some episodes that really that kind of take you away from the star trek universe and put the characters in a more relatable setting um for example you'll have an episode where they go back in time to the present day or something and I think some people, I think there are differing opinions about, you know, among Star Trek fans about whether, how they feel towards those episodes. Uh, personally, I love those episodes. Um, it kind of feels like it's a spin-off show with the same characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and one example I thought of that I particularly like from Deep Space Nine. Now, this is <laughs> not as profound as the example that Cherise gave uh, of her favorite Deep Space Nine episode, but mm-hmm. there's an episode called Little Green Men. It's about the three Ferengi characters accidentally going back in time and being transported to the 40s in the United States, and um, they end yeah. up causing what ends up being known as the Roswell Institute. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they are the, according to Star Trek canon, they are the uh, aliens that land, crash landed at Roswell in the forties. And it's such a good episode because first of all, it doesn't rely on any of the main characters. Um, unless maybe you consider Quark one of the main characters, but you get the really, really great, uh, you know, chemistry between these sub characters, his, his uh, relatives, Nog and Ram and, uh, how they would interact with, officers from the forties of the United States. And just, you kind of get, it's like, it takes you out of the Star Trek universe, but, but keeps you in it through the 
um, chemistry of the characters. So I think those kind of episodes are really good and I recommend them even if you, that's the kind of episode where you don't really need to know anything else about the show. You can just enjoy it and, you know, doesn't have any bearing on the other episodes. Yeah, I find myself liking those episodes a lot, the ones where that can stand alone and you don't have to see the entire series to really enjoy them. But, um, and I remember actually seeing that episode. I actually think, I, I think I saw it recently because I think Deep Space Nine was on Netflix and uh, I checked that out. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like we're all basically saying that Next Generation and Deep Space Nine are like your two best bets. Am I correct? I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> I thought the original was the best. Now, do you think that? Do you think that? Wait, wait, I have a legitimate question though. Do you think that it's sort of like um, analogous to the Beatles, where like the Beatles were an amazing band, and then people expanded on on kind of the sounds that they created, um, in many ways made like more intricate songs than they did. But if not for the Beatles, those bands would not have existed. Do you think if not for the original Star Trek, there? there would never be uh, those other series. Well, I don't know. I would say yes, With if not for the, the original series was, uh, it broke down a lot of barriers, both with regard to having diversity in a show and also with regard to, you know, gauging whether people are interested in watching a sci-fi show. Um, I think it was instrumental in that. However, if you're going to relate this to the Beatles, I think one of the big differences is I think the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, period. Um, so when people look back and talk about the Beatles with nostalgia, it's not just nostalgia. I think it's also the fact that they wrote the highest quality songs. I mean, maybe maybe the Beatles wasn't a great example, but maybe something like a, like Citizen Kane, which was completely transcendent when it came out. Uh, but since then, I think many of the techniques and innovation ha have been imitated and improved upon since mm -hmm. Citizen Kane. So was the opening series of Star Trek like the Citizen Kane uh, of the Star Trek series? What do you think, Sharice? I would say, yeah, Sharice, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say yes. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, for some of the reasons that I gave earlier, I think. Um, and I, I think that if had it not uh, been created, I do think another show, because, you know, Star Wars was coming out, you know, too. Um, it just would have taken a little bit longer, maybe, um, mm. to have right. you know, a more inclusive type of situ setting. And um, But, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and I have... Sorry, I have a slightly less legitimate question. Um, if you found out that your partner, your spouse, was an alien, uh, would you stay with them? Um, it depends on the type of alien. Uh, well, obviously, they they look like a human. They could, they fooled you the whole time, right? Because you thought they were a human, and then they reveal one day that they're an alien. Actually, hmm. I I would say yes. I, I would stay with them. Okay. <laughs> Because if if I like them this much, thus far, then well, see, I my mean, thing is that I was deceived. Right. Mm. What about the? It's the lying, you know, the not lying. the alien. Well, um, I'd probably need a minute. Probably need, <laughs> <laughs> probably need a minute. But yeah, I would. I would. Do we say get that, to go to their home planet. Yeah, that's a that, that's a big thing. You know, 
I got to meet uh, their parents. <laughs> if the if you could planet. go to their home planet. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, see you know, some cultural exchange. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, it could be exciting. I guess, you know, what would happen is I, they, we'd fall in love, and then the alien would reveal as an alien, and we'd, I'd get upset. It'd be like a montage of me in the rain, and then <laughs> the alien would go back to its home world. And I Walking run. in the rain. Yeah, exactly. And then the, I found out the aliens go back to, to her home world, and then I got a race to the starport and tell her I love her before she leaves the planet Earth, and then we get together. That's probably how it would play out in my mind, actually. I think. Exactly. I think yeah. that's that. I think that works. Actually, if if we're still in in like if we were if we're still in this kind of like COVID environment right now and where everything is going crazy, I'd be like, so when are we leaving? I guess when are we? <laughs> yeah, we might have to find a new planet too. Yeah. <laughs> might have to find a new place. Um, yeah. All right. So let me just wrap up here. I want to make sure I got this straight. So Derek said Picard, his favorite captain. Charisse, yeah. your, what was your choice for favorite captain? Oh, I like Picard, too. Okay, so Picard. And spoiler alert, mine is Picard as well. <laughs> let, let, me, let me just uh, elaborate a little bit. I think the reason I think Picard is the best captain is because I think he makes the wisest decisions among all the captains. I think mm -hmm. he's, he's the most uh, – he, he removes his personal feelings the most out of those decisions, which other captains – their personal feelings get in the way and result in unneeded exposure to danger amongst the crew. Mm. Uh, Kirk, let's face it, he's great. He gets a lot of his crew killed. I mean, he come does. on, a lot. And doesn't and, care. And after one dies, he's just like, well, that's too bad. And they keep going. It's like he didn't even <laughs> exist. I mean, I don't remember that line. But okay. <laughs> and it's about the women for him, I really think. Uh, right. It's yeah. lonely out in space. That's <laughs> a, an Elton John quote, right? Yeah. There you go. Um, so. Janeway is a great captain as well. Uh, however, she does get her crew lost in the Delta Quadrant in the first episode. Okay. <laughs> and the, the entire premise of the show is trying to get back yep. to the Alpha Quadrant, which is on the other side of the galaxy, if you're unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. um, and I will just like to say uh, the episode that. I would maybe consider my favorite, maybe if you were curious about seeing why we consider Picard such a great captain and The Next Generation such a great series, and you just kind of want to see one episode that conveys this, I would recommend, uh, of course, the first episode of the show, Encounter at Farpoint, is fantastic. Uh, it's a great place to start if you're going to start the show. But if you're going to just watch one episode, I would say an episode called The Inner Light. Mm -hmm. um, it is an episode that stands alone, um, and essentially Picard finds a relic from an alien species, and on finding the relic, he gets transported into this state of consciousness where he lives out 40 years of time within that state of consciousness, which passes as just a couple of minutes in the real world. And I think that it's a very interesting premise, and it's a, the execution is fantastic, and it's a very mo moving episode. So uh, the inner light is my recommendation for it. the best, uh, all encapsulating episode. Awesome. All right. Um. Yeah. I think 
I think that debate certainly settled it. Who the best captain is and the best series are, you know, no, no, no more debate. Need for debate on the subject. <laughs> exactly. You know what character oh, we? Yeah, exactly. You know what character we really like? We didn't really talk about data. You know, and it's funny. Oh, yes, data. Yeah, it was interesting because I heard that Picard, used, the the pronunciation of data would be like data, but he said data. And I, I think it's because of his English accent or there was something, there was some conversation I should have researched before this, but basically we all say data because of Picard <laughs> instead of, instead of data. Picard. Yeah. Did, did they not say data before Picard said it? I don't know. I don't know. I think the U S pronunciation was data yeah. and the British was data. And then that kind of threw it back into either one being acceptable. Right. Managed data from five continents. Well, that was a <laughs> what is that? Do you guys hear that? That was a that sounded like some sort of uh, like was that from you, Derek? It was for me. Yeah, I, I was opening up a link for something we're going to discuss next. So I uh, we we caught oh, you not paying yeah. attention to the podcast. But what I was going to uh, say, I like the pronunciation data because it sounds more refined. Yeah, <laughs> I <I'd> say that. <laughs> it sounds more British. I'll say that yeah. it's hard. I'll say that Picard says schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like Mr. Ehrlich. I kind of I snicker every time I hear him say that. Yeah. Do any of you uh, speak Klingon? Sadly, well, not, yeah. not fluently, but. Okay. Wait, Derek, you speak Klingon? <laughs> but if someone's Klingon? speaking it, you can pick up a word here or there. Yeah, you might know, pick up a couple words here and there. I was, uh, I, I wondered that actually, is it a, is a real like, you can actually speak it. You can actually like. It's a real language. Man, it's amazing. I just did a Google image search for Klingon, and and yeah. there's like an alphabet, a legitimate alphabet, and everything. Yeah, it's recognized as a real language, and there's like a translator and everything. So. That's awesome. Oh really? Like you can go to Google Translate. Yeah, yeah. So it's like That's Elvish, crazy. I think. Isn't Elvish? I don't know, but um, I think you're right. Yeah. That Elvish is a language too, but. All right. Well, I'm glad we all. I'm glad I brought up data because that leads into our next topic. <laughs> um, uh, our next topic. I might actually make these two different episodes. I'm not sure, but they might be the same episode. We'll see. So anyway. I just, I just, I found an English to Klingon uh, translator. So uh, right. you got what's it? Let's see. Hello. By the end of the episode, uh, by the end of the episode, everyone's gonna be fluent in Klingon. Well, Nukne, like is hello. What people like to say is a lot is uh Kapla, which is success. I hear that a lot. Kapla. Kapla. Or pata, which is uh, calling someone a jerk. You know, I, I don't know why I haven't learned Klingon, because this would just be a good way to curse someone out and confuse them at the same time. Yeah, and for me, it was either Klingon or Japanese. I think I made the right choice. I feel like you did. Yeah, I made more practical. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Derek, do you have anything you want to recommend? I do. Um, I would like to recommend a an animation director that I really like. Uh, maybe Jeff Charisse, you might be familiar because you know you live in Los Angeles. Um, you're, you have your ear to the ground as far as you know movies are concerned. But uh, maybe you know Roy might not know, and uh, maybe uh, some listeners might not know. But I am a big fan of the work of Tom Moore. Hmm. Uh, he's an yeah. Irish director. And his work includes a movie called The Secret of Kells and perhaps more famously Song of the Sea. 
So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but basically um, Irish director who uses traditionally drawn animation to create animated films. And I think his work is absolutely fantastic. I, I love all of his movies. He only has three right now, but um, you know, he's, has this very lush, surreal, whimsical type of animation, and it always effectively weaves music and visuals together. And he also, for most, for two out of his three movies at least, he makes predominant use of traditional Irish culture, folklore, and history. And I would say seeing his first movie, The Secret of Kells, was one of the things that inspired me to want to visit Ireland, which I visited last year. Um, and it just really got me interested in traditional Irish culture. And uh, I just, I really like the way he uh, takes those elements of his culture and, and animates it really, really stunningly. So um, if you're not familiar with his work, I would recommend check out uh, Song of the Sea. Uh, if, if you like animated films, um, it's a really good place to start. And I think it's just a really good, uh, like, audio-visual experience. Cool. And yeah. also, uh, later this year, he's coming out with uh, Wolf Walkers. That's the, his current production, and it's going to be on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, okay. Nice. Roy, do you have anything to rec- want to recommend? Uh, the only thing I really watched this week is uh, a two-minute YouTube clip of uh, an Irish family uh, chasing a bat that's uh, gotten into their kitchen and the bat is flying around and it's pretty funny. It's pretty comical. It's a mom, a dad and a son versus the bat. And uh, it goes on for about two minutes. And uh, if you do a a YouTube search for Irish bat kitchen, I think it'll come up right away. And uh, I think it's funny and everyone should watch it. Do they kill the bat though? Uh, no, no. If okay. if you're uh, squeamish about that stuff, there's nothing uh, uh, offensive in it. Um, cool. Yeah. Check it out. I just wanted to say that I saw... Thank you, Roy. Uh, thank you, Roy. <laughs> thank you, Roy, for that. Proving that you're no threat to the robot overlord. <laughs> um, Watch it anyway. now before they flag it and take it down. So. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say that I saw Palm Springs, the... Uh, the new movie that came out at, uh, I believe it was Sundance, and it sold for a record uh, of $17 million and 69 cents because they wanted to make sure it sold for, because the last one sold for, the highest selling movie at Sundance was 17 million, so this one sold for 17 million and 69 cents. So Why did they anyway. pick 69? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they were Bill and Ted fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that? They were Bill and Ted fans. Oh. Uh. Ah. Anyway, uh, it's written by Andy Ciara and and directed by Max Barbabau, I think. And it stars uh, Andy Samberg, Kristen Malati, and J.K. Simmons. I thought it was a fun romantic comedy, and it deals with something, it deals with a concept that if I say it, it'll spoil it, so I'm not going to say it. I just want you to go in knowing just just that. Bruce, Cerise, did you see this yet? I did, and I had a great time with it. Yeah. (laughs) I was laughing out loud. Yeah. By myself. It was, I was too. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it's on Hulu. So if you want to check it out, that's where it's playing. I think you'd have a lot of fun. 
I don't. I I really want to talk to you guys about it, but it, like I said, I'll talk to Sharice afterward about it because, like it's I said, so it's funny. yeah. It's just if you say any more, you should go in without knowing anything else. And I've yeah, I know. think I've I've said just about as much as I wanted to say. So I highly recommend it if you get a chance to see it. It's a lot of fun. All right, so I'm just gonna wrap up here. Oh, you know, what, do you guys want to do the mailbag or no? I don't know, Sharice, how long can you stay on for? I can stay on. I want. I haven't experienced this mailbag thingy. Neither have we. <laughs> Neither have we. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a sound effect in here for the mailbag. It's time for our it's time for our mailbag. Here we go. So what is the mailbag sound effect? It's gonna be like like a like a flood of letters, like just paper like flooding into it the room. It should be uh like the AOL uh you've got mail, like that ah, sound effect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if we're allowed to use that, but we'll find uh, out. It's copyright. Okay. Yeah. So here's what we got. So I don't know if this is uh, good or not. Um, I read actually this one I already read to you. The Matt Greenberg email. I got someone named Matt Greenberg inviting me to join Stage Thirty Two. He said I'd like you to join Stage Thirty Two, create your profile. So I'm like, uh, okay, that's about it. And I got a second email from him asking me to join again. So thanks, Matt. No thanks. Thank you, Matt uh, Greenberg. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, in spam, I have a message here from Lovett P.S. It says, hello, I am Lovett P.S., an investment consultant. An investment consultant. We represent a, co a couple of high net worth private individuals and organizations who are looking at investing in viable projects with good ROI on loan basis. If interested, Return on investment. Sorry. Thank Go you. Ahead. Thank you, Roy. <laughs> if interested, I should give you more insight on how we will proceed towards the conclusion of the process. Looking forward to hearing from you. Regards, P.S. I'll forward this to Roy. Uh, obviously, they have a lot to talk about. Yeah, well, um, we should get more insight, uh, like yeah. he offered. Yeah. yeah. And that is it. That is all we have. We don't even have anything else. So thank you to Love It Pias and Matt Greenberg. Oh, wow. um, we look so forward to it. It's pretty scant. Our mail, our ma our mail room is pretty yeah. scant right now. So if you're listening to this, um, if you're an AI, if you're a Klingon, if you're just anyone, really. If you're a uh, bat. Consciousness. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're a bat and you wanted to defend the opinions of the bat in the mm -hmm. in the video that Roy recommended, we're, we're more than welcome to uh, field your concerns. If you're Irish, you want to defend <laughs> Take you the, know, other side. the other side. Or, you know, if you want to talk about the movies uh, that I recommended, uh, whether they are a good representation of your culture or not, love to hear from you. Um, pretty much anything, because you know we're we're uh, we don't have much in the mailroom right now. Yep, we don't have a mailroom. That's how much. That's how little mail we get. Uh, thanks for joining us today. But we do have a mailroom sound effect. We, we do. Yeah. We do have that. So we got one Pro out of two. Check that off the list. <laughs> thanks for joining. Thanks for joining us today. Send us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail .com. That's coast the number two, coast the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Sharice for joining us today. Thank you for uh, getting in the debate about Star Trek. And we'll talk to you all next week.